Hi, welcome to the On Becoming Educated podcast, where I, Pa Vu, will share my experience as a first-generation PhD student. Hi, everyone. So, a couple of announcements to start off this episode. I've been MIA since the last episode, which was in February of this year. Grad school has picked up, as you might have guessed, so I had to put my attention to that and to, how should we say this, to surviving, uh, which I did, so yay for me. Fall semester is starting again uh, for me in a couple of weeks, so it might be starting for some of you as well. If you haven't listened to my last episode about starting the semester successfully, I really encourage you to. I will link it in the show notes or you can just go to my website um, on becomingeducated.com and you should see that as episode 43. Also, if you are applying to grad school and have no idea how to start your personal statement, Feel free to check out my episodes on how to write a personal statement, Um, or if you're writing a statement of purpose, you can also check out that episode. I'll link them in the show notes as well. And if you need further support and direction, I also have a downloadable workbook. Um, if, If you'd like some more guidance, you can find that in the show notes or by going to my website as well. And uh, without further ado, here is the show. It wasn't very pretty, the end of my second year of grad school. Um, By this time, I had taken a number of classes, both on Zoom and in person. I had read hundreds of articles, and my body was starting to hurt. Uh, Like, really hurt, like physically. (laughs) My curiosity about the campus ended a long time ago, a month or so into the fall semester actually, when um, the exhaustion of returning to in-person classes caught up with me and my excitement for starting the program had worn off, had actually worn off um, a long time ago. Needless to say, this was a hard year. We were in person but had to wear masks. We were constantly trying to recognize people based on the upper half of their faces (laughs) and their body language. Several times people have said hi to me using my name and I had no idea who they were. This semester seemed like it was just the sour cherry on top of a really sour piece of cake or pie or bowl of ice cream, whatever is your dessert. Um, It was long. I was literally counting down the days until summer when March rolled around. I did learn slash relearn two really important things about myself this semester though or at least in the spring semester. I'm actually recording this um, in August. So um, when I say this semester, I really mean like the spring semester. (laughs) Um, I really learned two important lessons or two important things about myself um, in the spring semester of 2022. And I want to share them with you. 
in case they might be helpful to you too. So midway through spring semester, I sent an assignment to one of my professors who had announced in class that if we wanted feedback, to send them the material. Their response to me was, why are you sending me this? I don't have time to look at it. They were busy, they explained. They had a 15-hour day and they'd be lucky if they could eat dinner before 10 p.m. that night. I understood their words. <laughs> I understood, I, in some ways I even understood. Um, I even empathized with them. I've had 15-hour workdays before. So I even apologized because I felt so bad for bothering them, um, even though they had said to send them the material. But honestly, that wasn't even the worst part. What was worse was the voice in my head. The voice that said, why? Why did you have to send them that assignment? Now they're going to think you're a handful, someone who overthinks, someone who is too much. Why do you have to care so much? And the day before class, even the morning before class, the voice was saying, maybe you shouldn't go to class. Maybe just skip this class this one time until the professor kind of, I don't know, forgets you a little bit. <laughs> I did end up going to class that day and I'm proud of myself for that because I know how easy it would have been to just skip class, especially after that experience with the professor. To have to face the professor in class after what they did and said felt really intimidating. Part of me wanted to apologize again right away. <laughs> Um, and that's just the recovering perfectionist inside me and, um, this long history of, uh, wanting to be, um, accepted and be, um, approved of by authority, but I forced myself not to apologize. I just went to class like normal and sat down at my seat. The professor must have felt bad too after that email because they made time to come over during our group work, um, our group work time and talk to me about my assignment. That, however, did not erase the experience I had with that professor. I realized after that experience that first, professors had a lot of influence over their students' emotional well-being. Because they are authority figures and they evaluate us as students, they have a lot of power. So everything they say means something, at least to me. As such, professors should be attuned to this power dynamic and be more aware of their words and their tone of voice. I'm not saying that professors should be therapists and I'm not saying that they don't have a lot of things going on or that they don't also have worries and moments of doubt. I have heard professors tell me that they do have doubt all the time, especially going into a classroom space. I, un I can understand that. Um, and I want to understand that because I want to be a professor myself. 
But I also want to say that students quit school because of experiences similar to the one I just had. And I'm 37, so I can only imagine what a 24-year-old may be going through or what a 16-year-old may be going through for that matter. No one is perfect, but my own reflection on this is that if I were to become a professor, I hope I would be a bit more aware of myself and of the impact that I can have on students. Secondly, (laughs) after hearing about the type of schedule my professor had, I had no interest in putting myself into that situation. Absolutely no interest at all. (laughs) I would rather work at a less prestigious institution and have peace of mind than work at a research institution where I'm not even sure I'm going to eat dinner by 10 p.m. No, thank you. (laughs) And so this is just the first thing I learned about myself in spring 2022. In April, while reading an article about conversational turns, Um, Conversational turns are the very specific sequence of who speaks in a conversation and when they speak and what each of these turns of speaking means. So while I was reading this article, I had a thought. The thought was, I hate this. I hate reading this kind of research so much. I hate data that are, and yes, I said are, because I was told that data is plural. So I hate data that are so technical that I lose the reason why we're even looking at that data in the first place. So a little voice in my head was just like, when will this end? As you might know, this is the second time I'm going through a PhD program. The first time was when I was in my early 20s, and I left that program with a master's degree. I never finished that PhD, and although many things contributed to my decision to leave, one thing screams out now that I've had many years to reflect. I lost my why. It got submerged in the highly technical articles and the academic lingo and the distant relationships with my professors. And I was, the spring semester, while I was reading this article, I was beginning to see the same thing happen, at least a little bit. I mean, some things were different in that I knew um, what I was doing and that I had better relationships with my peers and with my professors. But I was kind of starting to see the same thing happen. Let me just say this. If you ever get to a point where you're asking yourself, when will this end? (laughs) You really need to take a step back and reevaluate. Doesn't matter if you're in a PhD program, a master's program, a bachelor's program. Doesn't matter if it's for a job, for a relationship, whatever. If you're asking yourself this question, it's time to do some reflection. Because this question doesn't just pop up for no reason. It's popping up as a response to whatever reaction, whatever emotional response you're having to whatever it is you're doing right then and there. And I did take a step back. 
I did do some reflection, which I'm continuing to do to this day as I'm recording this episode. There are many forces in this world that will try and shape us into what they want us to be. And school is one of those forces. Not just grad school, but also K through 12 and undergrad. It's a vicious cycle of creation and recreation and recreation and recreation. PhD students learn from their professors who learn from their professors who learn from their professors, yada, yada, yada. And it's not just knowledge that we learn, it's also ways of doing things, ways of doing research, ways of writing research. And if the same ways of doing things continue to get repeated, the same kind of mindset and views of research keep getting repeated. The same value keeps getting assigned to the research that is being produced. What happens when someone like me comes through the program? Someone who hates this kind of research and this kind of writing. I think from my experience, I can say I either conform or I resist. Conforming would be easiest because then all I have to do is learn exactly how it's been done and do it that way. Resisting means fighting against how things have always been done and trying to do something new, something different, which is a lot harder. But it looks like it's possible. It's possible because I've read research that doesn't put me to sleep. (laughs) I've read research that I actually understand, that I actually enjoy, that I actually stop and think about because I enjoy it so much. I'm realizing that the kind of research I'm doing is not going to fit in with what has been done. That I want to push the academic boundaries a bit and bring in some creativity to my research. I want a first-time freshman to read my research and get as much out of it as a tenured researcher at an R1 research institute. I want my research to sound like me and not like some robot that grad school built. And I really think that's the second thing I learned about myself in spring 2022. I hope this has been helpful to you as um, you make your own way through school and into your life. Um, There is more to come. I uh, plan to be recording some episodes that um, I have uh, thought about but have not recorded. Um, And so I hope you continue to join me on this journey through my PhD program. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast listening platform of your choice to be notified when new episodes are up. If you would like to support this podcast, a rating and review will go a long way. Podcasts with ratings and reviews are more likely to be found by listeners. So I would very much appreciate it if you can take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast. 
If you would like to make a donation to help me run this podcast, you can do so at ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. That's ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. Every dollar helps. Follow me on Instagram at bypavu and the podcast at onbecomingeducated. Lastly, to access transcripts and submit listener questions, go to www.onbecomingeducated.com.